When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Press This WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Just a reminder, you can always subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download episodes at webmasterradio.fm forward slash shows forward slash press this. For this episode of Press This, we're going to be doing something very special. I'd like to welcome to the show Dave Janjua, who leads the WP Engine social team. Uh, Welcome to the show, Dave. Hey, thanks a lot. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing net neutrality. And Dave and I have been having quite a few conversations around the office about all the recent happenings. If you haven't been following, of course, the FCC has basically done away with net neutrality in the United States. Um, Dave and I had some discussions around the economics of net neutrality, its impact to webmasters, and we thought it would be a good topic to bring on today's show. So sit back and we're going to talk about the future of the internet now that net neutrality is no more in the U.S. And we're going to de- we're going to explore, is, is everything doom and gloom? Are there any benefits to webmasters now that net neutrality isn't a requirement? And uh, what does the landscape look like for people running WordPress sites? So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And Dave, I know that you and I have discussed this quite a bit and explored uh, different topics. So what's on your mind? What would you like to know more about we could explore here on today's episode? Yeah, so we've talked a lot about this around here. I know, you know, for starters, you know a lot about this. And I'm wondering, you know, how is that? What's your history with net neutrality? Thanks. Uh, yeah, so I've been doing uh, on- online business for over 20 years. And in, that, in my career, I've done quite a bit of different things as it relates to the way the Internet is structured. Um, in particular, I have negotiated things that are called settlement-free peering agreements, which are basically connections between networks um, where the networks will trade traffic essentially for free. And this is the fundamental structure of the internet. If I have an internet service provider or a global network, I might connect my network to another network and not charge them for that. Um, And they don't charge me. And this is the fundamental nature of what the internet is. It's a bunch of networks kind of peering together. And so I've actually negotiated those agreements with internet service providers all around the world. 
Um, I've also negotiated paid big bandwidth internet connections. I've worked for consumer ISPs and then certainly here at WP Engine in the hosting space. So it's not just something that's important to me or something that I've learned about, but something I've actually actively been involved with from the business side as well as the lobbying side. So I do have a lot of special knowledge when it comes to the business of the internet and how it's structured in particular in its impacts to net neutrality. So it's really interesting. You know, when at WP Engine, we think and talk a lot about uh, open source and WordPress, obviously. So, you know, the nature of the internet being kind of like this place where we can openly connect different networks. How does net neutrality relate back to WordPress or open source at large? You know, how is it going to impact WordPress uh, users? I think from an open source perspective, it's probably not going to have a lot of impact. You know, open source is really just kind of a licensing mechanism for the code that you create and allowing others in the community to also to contribute to that code. I think the implement, implement um, I think the impact to WordPress webmasters really is going to be in how they operate those sites, right? It doesn't really necessarily matter whether you're using WordPress or Drupal or anything else as it relates to net neutrality. Um, but what is important is, well, how is your business going to be structured in the future now that Internet service providers can prioritize traffic? And I think it's important to understand some of the economics behind this to understand what those impacts will be to webmasters. So earlier when you asked me, what's your history? And I talked about the settlement-free peering agreements. Really what that meant was as a content provider – you could uh, basically take a cable in a data center, throw it over the, the cage there, and connect it to another internet service provider. Um, so that was one way that I could get bandwidth or get uh, my traffic onto an ISP's customer's computer. Now, of course, I could also buy the bandwidth from what are called you know, tier one or tier two internet service providers, and you basically just pay for bandwidth. Now, in a world where there is no net neutrality, where the internet service providers can prioritize or favor certain types of traffic, what that means from a webmaster's perspective is that you might not be able to just buy bandwidth from one tier one or tier two internet service provider. You might actually have to buy bandwidth from all of the ISPs. So you might have to have an agreement with Comcast and with Spectrum and with AT&T and with um, other internet service providers in order to get your traffic prioritized on those networks. The way that it works today is that a tier one or an ISP will peer with other internet service providers and they charge the downline consumer, right? You pay for internet access as a, as a cable modem customer or a fiber customer. But they don't actually charge for the bandwidth that goes to the internet. That's all done through free peering. Now, what net neutrality allows them to do is to say, well, okay, fine, we have our public internet connections, and that's how most people might access most websites. But if you pay me a little bit of extra money, I'll prioritize your traffic when it goes down the line to that end customer. So those public internet connections can get slower and slower and slower and favor connections that you're now paying for. So I think the biggest impact and why it's important to people running WordPress sites is, where am I going to buy my bandwidth from in the future? Is my website going to be slower if I don't pay these special fees or have these special agreements with each one of these internet service providers? And to me, that's why it's important is because it has a, a real economic impact to webmasters. Yeah, that, that makes me think about how you know all the work that goes into building your site, all the things you do to optimize your site for SEO and all the things you do to make it faster it seems like they may be 
for not that it may not matter as much in the future if you need to get involved you know your accountant to make sure that you can pay for this additional access to your audience yeah i think it's interesting you know that kind of that fundamental question will my site be slower with net neutrality we talked about the economics of it, right? The ISPs have you know, these free internet connections, and now with net neutrality, they can now sell premium connections to other people. So will our other websites. So if you don't pay that money, will your site be slower? I think that's a, that's a big question a lot of people have. I think fundamentally it will get down to really how people react to it, right? This, in 2016, the cable industry lost 1.6 million subscribers to internet TV. Um, from their cable services. In 2017, as of September, they had lost 2.6 million subscribers. So they're losing revenue and they're losing it to these internet-based TV companies, essentially. So one of the benefits to them, of course, if they make Netflix or Sling or any of these other digital TV platforms slower, is that you might actually buy the service that's provided by the ISP, which they then make faster. So if you're in the TV business, I can pretty much guarantee your service is going to be slower. Your website is going to be slower. And say DirecTV, which is owned by AT&T, was probably going to be pretty fast. So to me, will your site get slower? I think the consumers will say, wait, 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 all my websites are slow. This is not good. That force will prevent ISPs from really taking those public internet exchanges and, and throttling them down, throttling down your website, because their customers will complain. But if you're service directly competes with one they offer, or maybe one of your competitors is paying those special rates, I think that you might be, uh, you might be at risk to have your site slow down or not have access to the, you know, kind of air quote fast lane that a competitor or a competing service by the ISP itself might be offering because why would they, right? They lost 2.6 million cable subscribers this year, 2017. Um, they have to make, they, they want to make that revenue up. Right? So if, if your competitor is paying for premium bandwidth and you're not, yeah, your site might be at risk for, from getting slowed down now that the net neutrality restrictions aren't in place. I have to imagine that there are some industries that, you know, most people don't own cable companies, that there are some industries where, you know, maybe this won't be as much of an issue. You know, if there are, you know, if you think about there being two kinds of tiers of speed, there are... Uh, websites where you watch television or watch programming and in the future is there a future where we just expect those things to be faster than if we're going to an e-commerce site for example and then there's just two kind of you know the speeds are based on industry uh as opposed to being based on you know competitors within an industry yeah i think it's interesting you know um there's all kinds of different reasons isps might want to throttle traffic um i talked before about the competitive pressures, right? AT&T owns DirecTV. They have a financial benefit to throttle Netflix and Sling. Like that's money, right? If, um, if a competitor of yours is paying for that premium bandwidth and you're not, that's a reason to slow you down. Now, from an industry perspective, will they focus on niches and will they throttle in that way? I think, yeah, for sure, right? The TV example, a very obvious example. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of this balancing force, right? The slower I make the public web, the more attractive my private connections are to sell the webmasters and sell the internet-based products. So again, I, I think it's, it's this kind of force of the consumers complaining about websites being slow and um, their financial incentive to, to charge for that traffic. Um, but 
I think that media sites are probably the biggest threat because if you look at the businesses owned by the internet service providers, they tend to be focused around some sort of media offering. So I think if you're offering video, maybe even news and audio, those are all things at risk. Um, of potentially having uh, some of these issues. Certainly the bigger bandwidth, the more bandwidth you consume, um, the more likely you are to be part of this, right? Part of the things, that, part of the arguments the ISPs make about not having net neutrality is, well, we have a lot of vis- users on our network that are making it hard for other users to use stuff, right? Um, this one person in this neighborhood is chewing out tons and tons of bandwidth 24 hours a day, and that's making those other experiences worse. So that's a user uh, scenario, right? I'm saying that this particular person or these particular people are causing the problem. Therefore, I'm going to throttle them to help the service of everyone else. Well, what net neutrality restricted them from doing was to say, well, this particular type of web service was causing problems for other visitors, right? Now, oftentimes they'll say, all oh, these Netflix users are slowing down our network and this is causing a problem. And so we need to throttle Netflix so people can enjoy CNN and all these other things. This one particular service is chewing up all these resources and we want to uh, throttle it down. And, and that's, if you, from, from their perspective, I think that's an argument. So again, back to your question, like, is this a particular set, a segment or industry or vertical that'll be targeted? Certainly media is probably the top of the hit list. Um, but how could this evolve in the future as they partner with more and more types of businesses and more and more types of um, offerings? Um, and I think it's hard to say. I think it probably has a lot to do with, you know, how much bandwidth you're consuming and your willingness or someone's willingness to pay for premium access to that. So um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. Sitting, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm sitting here with Dave Janjua, and we are talking about net neutrality and the impact of the FCC's decision in December. Dave, right before the break, you asked me if you thought one industry over another would be targeted, and I kind of commented on media. Uh, but I'm curious, um, you know, so so we have, you know, we, we know that media is going to be potentially a big target of, of traffic that could be throttled and maybe potentially other industries. Is there anything else along those lines um, that, that you're kind of curious about? I know we talked about some other points in this. Yeah, I think it's it's it becomes really murky. You know, we start thinking about industries and media versus e-commerce or versus you know other kinds of industries that may be impacted. It becomes murky as you know businesses consolidate and own different kinds of businesses. You know, AT and T owns a lot, Viacom owns a lot. Um, so it seems kind of inescapable. Is there is there a way that you know you could get around being throttled? I mean, using VPN or something like that. Yeah, I had this uh, question come up actually quite a bit on social media as I was uh, having various discussions on uh, net neutrality. And, and somebody commented, well, I'll just use Tor, or I'll just use the VPN, and I'll, I'll get around this throttling. Um, I, I think Tor for webmasters is a non-starter just because you know most people don't use Tor browsers, so there's that. Um, I think from a VPN perspective, you know, I, I don't think that really helps the webmaster, right? You can't uh, force your end customers to use VPNs. That's way too hard to do. Um, as an end, as, as a, as a you know, kind of user of an ISP, uh, as a customer of theirs, um, you could try to use a VPN to get around throttling. And actually, that's been pretty effective um, to date and mainly because of net neutrality. If you ask the ISPs about VPN, um, they see that as a backdoor to get around um, restrictions. And net neutrality, of course, is uh, was um, the lack of net neutrality actually now allows them to implement more restrictions, right? They can now restrict Netflix versus just restricting a particular user from, air, you know, air quote, overusing the service. So um, now that they can restrict certain types of traffic, guess what they can restrict? VPN traffic. Now, of course, you might be hiding your Netflix traffic within your VPN traffic, just like everybody already does. They already hide all their big bandwidth stuff inside their VPN connections um, for privacy and a variety of reasons. So, yes, of course, um, the ISPs can't throttle Netflix within your VPN, but they'll just throttle the VPN, right? No big deal. We'll just throttle all the VPN traffic. So, yeah, you, you could use VPN as an end user to try to get around it. Um, but we've already seen ISPs throttling VPN traffic specifically, and now that the net neutrality rules are not in place, they'll further throttle it. Like, it's not a backdoor you're going to get around. If they don't know what it is, they'll just throttle the whole thing they don't know what it is. I think, again, fundamentally, like, customer um, voice will have a play in this, right? Like, Netflix is so slow, Comcast, what's up? Um, you know, that, that force will kind of... Uh, kind of push them in a direction where they have to satisfy those customers. And so that'll help. Um, but hiding it in a VPN or, or you know, doing tour or anything like that, um, yes, you would obfuscate what that tra traffic is, but they're just going to throttle the whole thing. So no, I don't think VPN or tour is a way to get around um, throttling that you might see in a post-net neutrality world. So it's, it sounds inescapable. <laughs> If you're going to be throttled, you're you're going to be throttled. You use a VPN; they they've got a bit more power than they used to 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 kind of find you wherever you're trying to hide. 
and you know to that point this is this is uh you know, inflation how do these new rules or these new this new kind of net neutrality how does that impact the rest of the world you know a lot of the most of the major media companies are american companies so you know what does this mean for our neighbors what does this mean for traffic coming from other countries for example can you speak to that at all yeah, so certainly this isn't legislation. Um, this is uh, rules by the FCC is basically what this was, um, just for clarification, which impl- uh, introduced a whole other realm of, of things to talk about. But um, you're right, it is only the United States. Um, other countries have different sets of rules. Um, Europe has some pretty good net neutrality um, legislation or rules that they follow. Um, Portugal, though, they have none. As a matter of fact, in Portugal, if you want to buy uh, an internet connection through an ISP, you can choose. Do you want the uh, video package where you get YouTube and Netflix, or do you want the, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever else, media package where you get CNN and something else? Uh, do you actually choose your websites like you would a cable comp- uh, like cable station, your channel? Um, so, you know, how do service providers or how do webmasters deal with this um, on all these kind of shifting rules? I think... For starters, I've personally seen a reaction um, in other parts of the world to kind of push more towards net neutrality, kind of to react the other way of the rules the FCC has implemented. Now, how does this affect the rest of the Internet and the rest of the world on the Internet? You know, there are – I think it depends, of course, on where your focus is. If your focus isn't in the United States, it probably doesn't affect you hardly at all, right, other than how it might influence legislation in your local country. But, of course, a lot of people that run uh, businesses overseas also are trying to get into the U.S. market. So traditionally, what that would mean is, well, I'm going to go get a data center in Ashburn, Virginia, or Los Angeles, or Chicago, and I'm going to serve my U.S. customers from that data center. So that's increased complexity, right? You have to buy from a U.S. vendor. You maybe have to deal with U.S. taxes. Um, uh, you know, you have to deal with having equipment halfway around the world if you're in Europe or Asia or something like that. That's pretty complicated. So now the layer on top of that. Now I got to do a data center deployment in the United States. Now I also maybe have to negotiate agreements with each of these ISPs, right? I may have to call up Comcast or Spectrum or Verizon and try to get them to uh, to sell me some of this premium bandwidth so I can get access to it. So I think for for U.S. based companies that might not be a horrible thing because it makes it harder to enter the U.S. market, right? So if you're a U.S. based business serving U.S. based customers and this is just part of the norm for you and part of how you do business, and for someone coming from a country where net neutrality uh, rules are in place, this will be more challenging for them to get into this market. So I think in that sense, it's probably a good thing for U.S. companies because it, it limits the ability of uh, of companies from outside of the country to compete. Um, but of course, it also increases the complexity and cost of doing business on the web uh, for those U.S. companies. So I think it's a, it's a blended thing. But I think other than like maybe influencing legislation in those countries and really just creating a, a larger barrier to do business in the U.S. is probably the biggest impact we'll see globally from the lack of net neutrality in the U.S. Yeah, it's really interesting when, you know, when you think about the way that the internet is accessed in other countries, you know, like you said, there are some places where you, um, you select the websites that, uh, website packages that you want, much like your cable provider. I know in some countries, uh, it's no secret that Facebook wants to uh, own the way you access the internet. I know in some countries, um, your cell phone provider, where most people access the internet via mobile, like in places like India or Mexico, you don't get charged any um, usage, any internet usage if you're on Facebook. 
And so they're building this ecosystem, you know, where you can find a job on Facebook or you can purchase things on Facebook. So it seems like there, this opens up a lot of opportunities that Facebook is already taking advantage of in other countries. It's kind of funny you mentioned that because to me, the the, net, the lack of net neutrality and what this is, I feel, leading to are these walled garden experiences. If you've been on the web for a while, you might remember you know, AOL and other con- online communities where it was everything and that one thing, like they owned all of it, all of the things you read, all of the services you used. It was all kind of, uh, CompuServe, for example, it was all kind of one thing. And um, it's funny you, to hear you mention the Facebook examples of, well, we'll, we'll just put our job stuff on Facebook because my customers aren't going to be billed for that bandwidth. That's another form of this. You can't, you can not only as an ISP not just restrict traffic, you can also restrict the ability for people to download things. In other words, this service doesn't count towards your download limit. That's another kind of avenue towards, towards prioritizing traffic. Um, but yeah, this, these kind of walled garden experiences, I, I think, are kind of the dystopian views of what a lack of net neutrality might mean. Um, Dave, I want to get into some more of this. We're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Not on my watch, our military service members say, as they volunteer to serve, as they move out, stand firm, and take fire. So not on our watch, we say, to the severely ill or injured veterans who can't get the care they deserve to live full and independent lives, even when there's no government funding or a nursing home seems like the only option. We won't leave one warrior behind. Not on our watch. Join us at findwwp.org. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right, everybody, welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and right before the break, we were talking about the potential walled garden effect of a lack of net neutrality where uh, more and more of the services you consume online are controlled or owned by your internet service provider. So... Um, I'm, you know, again, kind of been through this a lot. We talked about the different avenues the ISPs can throttle traffic and so on and so forth. Um, but there's actually some kind of positive things, I think, that could also come out of net neutrality. Is that something that you've thought about or considered, David? Well, I mean, I can certainly see, you know, all the advantages we've gone over for um, large media companies, especially, you know, here in the U.S. Um, from, from a user perspective, um, you know, I'm having a hard time imagining 
what those advantages might be, if any, and even from like a, a webmaster perspective, someone who's you know running a, you know not a large website or a, a website for a large company, but for smaller providers, people who are using WordPress for e-commerce for the blog, you know things like that. Yeah. So what 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 are the good things about not having net neutrality? What are some things that people could take advantage of? Um, and then uh, as a consumer, like. It's funny you say that. I can't imagine what the good things could be, uh, but there actually are some good things. I actually spent quite a bit of time um, thinking about this over the holiday uh, here at the end of 2017, uh, sitting around the house, trying all my little gadgets and, and things. Um, so it's interesting. So first and foremost, I would say that really the bandwidth hogs getting cut off would be a big advantage, not just to the end consumer, but also the webmaster. Right. We mentioned Tor earlier. We mentioned people using VPN to obfuscate things like file sharing. Like those are bandwidth hogs on the network. All those uh, fiber optic cables and, and connections in your neighborhood, they all run to a box somewhere and then they all run to a connection to a network that eventually makes its way to the Internet and that server. If someone's doing illegal file sharing or other things that are kind of hogging up the bandwidth and they can throttle that down, you as an end consumer, your experience is going to be better if they can do that. Um, as a webmaster, your site may be faster because of that, right? If they're able to throttle types of traffic, if they're able to throttle Netflix down and make it slower, guess what? Your website's probably going to be faster as a result of that. So I think one of the big advantages is it's not just now the ability to cut off individual users, but rather cut off individual uses of, of bandwidth that might not be efficient from the network provider's perspective. Now, we could argue the, the good and the bad and the ugly of that, but I think that's one advantage is that now the ISPs have a lot more control over what they they can throttle to make your experiences better. Um, you can also, of course, I think another big opportunity here is that you can partner with these ISPs now. Right now, you can pay them money and they can prioritize your traffic over your competitors. We, we, we talk about that a lot of the times, like that's a big negative to net, not having net neutrality. But the reality is if you have those means, that's a huge advantage to you. There's a huge conference that happens every year, the NCTA show, National Cable Telecommunication Association Show. And what happens is all the big TV stations all put up booths to try to get the cable companies to buy their station and include it in their lineup. I could see a future where the NCTA show has booths that websites set up to try to convince the cable and ISP companies to buy their web service and make it part of the ISP service offering. And so this is an opportunity for businesses, especially mature businesses. Now, of course, this is a challenge to upcoming businesses, which is where the argument comes in of you know, net neutrality kind of squashing innovation because now it's harder to start new things. But if you're kind of already along the way, now you can strike a deal with an ISP where you couldn't before. You can get premium bandwidth. You can actually get bandwidth cheaper than your normal bandwidth by paying them directly. So you can, in some cases, you can actually save money. And in other cases, you can actually have a pretty big uh, advantage over your competition. So I think that, that's, a, that's a pretty big thing. Um, and then I think the final thing is one of the big problems that the Internet has had really since its inception is something called QoS or quality of service. When you pick up your phone on a landline, there's a dial tone and you hear the person every single time. When you watch cable TV, that, that station turns on and that station's available right then. There's no loading. It works. That's because those networks and that infrastructure has a high quality of service. They control every little bit of data that travels back and forth, and they can make sure that when you pick up the phone, it answers. The Internet doesn't have that reliability, that QoS or quality of service. So now that they can control things on the network, QoS 
will be a lot higher. So if you think about things like the Internet of Things, um, or if you think about things like telemedicine, now these things become a lot more viable because you don't have Netflix, air quote, hogs, and everybody else kind of taking up the line. Um, but I do think there are advantages to not having net neutrality. I think, um, you know, ultimately it's up to you to decide kind of what it is that you want to do. And so I, I guess to kind of sum things up, I'd like to kind of leave people with some advice um, on what to do next. Like, what do you do now that the FCC's taken this action? I think if you're for net neutrality, buy the services the ISPs are selling and reinforce their behavior, right? If they have a special deal with DirecTV and you, you like not having net neutrality, go buy that thing and re reinforce that behavior. Um, and then it's, of course, become a political issue. I don't think that commenting to the FCC is going to help anything. I think that direct communication to your representative is the way to go. So if you're, uh, you know, encourage the Republican representatives if, uh, that you think net neutrality is a good thing, if, if that's the way you lean, and encourage the Democratic ones that you think it's a bad thing if, if you don't want net neutrality. Um, I think if you're against net neutrality, um, you can also, if you have choices, you can pick an ISP more likely to be fair with their traffic. So, for example, at my house, I can choose between AT&T or Spectrum and then soon Google Fiber. In my view, Google Fiber will be a little bit more neutral with their traffic routing. So I can choose to cancel AT&T and go with Google Fiber. Um, so vote for you know either the representatives um, who uh, support or don't support net neutrality. I think that's the best way. And ultimately, it's the president assigning the chairman of the FCC. So it's really you're either going to vote for a Republican or Democrat to try to get um, for or against net neutrality. But I think you can also vote for your dollars. Um, buy the special services from the ISPs if you're against it. And then uh, choose an ISP if you have the choice, and that's the other big issue, which is this whole duopoly thing, but choose an ISP that is more likely to be neutral with their traffic, vote with your dollars um, in order to affect that change. So Dave, thank you so much for interviewing me today on today's show. Yeah, thanks a lot. I mean, I like we just scratched the surface. There's a lot more to, to talk about here. Awesome. And uh, we'll maybe cover more of it in future episodes. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Again, this is your host, David Vogelpohl. This has been the Press This podcast on Webmaster Radio. And uh, again, I'm David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.